Hockey Review Podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. I've had so much fun on the road this year talking to students about our programs, about residents, about our community, about co-op, how you can find your passion within your degree or your areas of interest. But you know, someone once said, having money is not everything, not having it is. And of course, if you're thinking about going to a post-secondary institution, you're going to be paying tuition. And tuition isn't always affordable. And so we wanted to have a conversation about what are some of the ways you can help bridge those gaps, and then we can be along for that ride too and really help to make university a more attainable goal financially for many of you out there. And that typically is linked to scholarships, awards, and bursaries. So my conversation today with Alana Salam is going to be a really cool one because we're going to be answering some of the questions, but most importantly, going through some of the different ways that you can finance your education. Trust me, this is a conversation you're going to want to save, download, revisit over and over again, because there are a lot of really great tips that you'll find in my conversation with Alana. All right, folks, uh, I'm joined today by someone who has been working at Carleton for almost as long as I have, which is saying a lot. <laughs> but most importantly, she's worked in an area that a lot of our future students are going to be obviously tapping into. We're talking about financial services. We're talking about financial aid, awards, bursaries. And we're talking to Alana. Alana, thank you for joining us. First off, how are you on this Monday afternoon as we're recording this on November 13th. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. And for the record, I am much younger than you <laughs> and therefore have been here far less. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You know, I know stuff <laughs> and you know stuff. So I meant experience wise, you you know a lot about what's happening at Carlton. And I want to ask you almost like a rapid fire go through all the different things that our students should know to do and to tap into. But before we do, this is Financial Literacy Month, and I know your team has been doing a lot of really cool things to help our students understand what that month means and how they can really improve their, honestly, their lives through the understanding and the implementation of some of the ideas that you're going through. And you've done a really cool thing this year, which is utilize um, other platforms to connect. So maybe talk a bit about what's happening for Financial Literacy Month at Carleton and how are we reaching out to students? Yes. So Financial Literacy Month is a thing that we participate in in our office to uh, help students beyond university and the university world. It's helping you with life skills so that you can you can take that with you through your years at university and also beyond. And so this year we have launched Savings with Spenny, which is our YouTube series. We have lots of videos, all different kinds of formats. Some are podcast style videos. Um, some are funny videos just to hit some trends, you know, choose your fighter, things like that. And some are very informative, giving you all the sort of resources available on campus and budgeting tips for life and some other things that you'll need to know, like taxes, that thing mm -hmm. that we all have to do that we get punished for, but no one knows how to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We've also done some short form content. We do shorts on Fridays and on Thursdays, we have budget recipes 
from all the folks in the awards and financial aid office. So lots of good stuff. Love it. Yeah. You know, and if you do see any of these videos, make sure you smash that like button because uh, it, it helps us to promote what we're doing. And also, again, this is a really, a really helpful bit of information that's out there and i got a chance to participate in one of the videos and it was uh let's just say it was a spicy take <laughs> and a lot of fun to do so spicy take today yes yeah we, we definitely milked that video now <laughs> let's talk about what students can do to help their prospects with regards to university because university uh, is it cheap it is somewhat unattainable for a lot of people out there. And we're trying to bridge some of those gaps. So I'm going to go through, I'm going to uh, mention one thing. I just want you to give me an understanding of what that thing is. If a student needs to apply for it, if they do, how can they apply for it? And why should they pay attention to that particular scholarship award or bursary? Okay, okay. sounds good. Yeah. So let's start with what usually happens in most of our students, which is they apply they get an offer, and then they can get an entrance scholarship. What is an entrance scholarship? Yes. So most prospective students, most students applying for university, do know what a scholarship is or have heard the word. Scholarships are money that Carleton gives to students to recognize their academic success. So if you've done well all through high school, that is going to be rewarded monetarily through a scholarship. So there's no application required. We automatically assess you for an entrance scholarship once you apply to Carleton. So you'll get an admissions offer and you may also get a scholarship offer all in one package. Now, when you get an entrance scholarship, are there any terms and conditions linked to that entrance scholarship? Or is it just, you have it, it's there, it is yours forever? Okay, so there are terms and conditions to scholarships. So you've gotten a scholarship offer. In order to keep the offer for a scholarship, you have to keep the offer of admission. And as long as you keep the offer of admission, you get to keep the highest level of scholarship we've offered you. So if your grades are a 90 average, you've got a scholarship that coordinates to that average. Mm -hmm. As long as you keep your admissions offer, which could be you need to maintain an 80 you keep the scholarship that was valued for the 90% admissions average that you had. Mm -hmm. So there's keeping your scholarship as an offer of admission. And then there's keeping the scholarship. Once you're a Carleton student, you're registered in classes, you're coming here, you're attending, you're doing, you know, you're living your best life at Carleton. Then there's a whole other set of terms and conditions to keep your scholarship. And for that, it would be, you need to register in at least four credits, which you'll know all about once you're here and have a 10.0 GPA, which is about an A minus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's important to note, like that there are there are two sets of terms, right? There's when you are about to come to Carleton, and then once you're here, how do you continue to get that entrance scholarship? And you're, you're right, like it's, it's really cool to see that, you know, even if the 90% gets you that entrance scholarship, the 90% isn't required to keep that entrance scholarship. So you do have a chance to peak and then almost kind of regress a little bit, uh, but but certainly hit those numbers that will let you know when we uh, make you that offer of admission. Within an entrance scholarship, there are other almost like subsets. One is a prestige scholarship. How is a prestige scholarship different than 
the traditional entrance scholarship that we offer students? So the prestige scholarships are a set of awards that are much higher in value than our entrance scholarship grid. So some of these awards cover full amounts of tuition or come very close to it. So these ones are competitive. They require a 90% admissions average, and these ones do require an application. So the application is available on our website, carlton.ca slash awards. It's available right now. You have until March 1st to submit your application. You will also need a reference letter from someone, either a teacher, a guidance counselor, a coach, anybody who can essentially pump you up and talk about all of your amazing leadership qualities. And we will then be putting those applications together to be submitted to a committee who will then select lucky recipients of these prestigious awards. Mm -hmm. Do do you have any advice for people as they're submitting their applications or or completing their applications? What can they do or showcase that will increase their odds of getting one of these 25 prestige scholarships? A few things. Just having talked to students at events, submitting your application early doesn't necessarily strengthen your application or put it to the top. (laughs) Um, They're all going to be looked at at one time. So if you need to take time, take the time to work on your application. That's okay. As long as it's submitted by March 1st, you're good. In terms of what makes an application stand out amongst others is instead of indicating all the things that you have done in school. So you volunteered for a student council, you did this, you did that. Highlight things that show leadership. So you were vice president of student council. You didn't just participate on the soccer team. You were captain of the soccer team. Uh, You didn't just work a part-time job. You were a crew trainer at your part-time job. And these are qualities that show leadership within your community, within your high school, and that sets an application apart from others. That's that's super intentional, I feel like, because we we do want, I mean, obviously every school wants, quote unquote, the best students possible and, and how you define best is somewhat subjective. But you're right, like when it comes to leadership, leadership is displayed in really cool ways. And and this is one of the things that allow you to almost brag about how you've decided within the context of your own environment to take a step forward, you know, and, and to step up to that that role. And I think that's why we call it a prestigious award, because there is there is prestige in being, you know, the leader of, of your crew or, you know, the, the vice president of a student council. There's something to be said about that kind of leadership role, you know. Yeah, we're looking for movers and shakers at Carleton. So if you are one of those, highlight it on this application. Yeah, be a, recognize you. be a mover and shaker. And then if you, on the flip side of the scholarship conversation, are bursaries. Those scholarships are so tied to academic performance. Bursaries are a little bit different. How would you describe an entrance bursary? Bursaries are money that you receive from Carleton. So from the school, but it's not based on your grades. It's based on financial need. So it works in the same way as a scholarship in that you don't have to worry about paying this money back, but it is a boost for the year uh, to assist you with any of your costs. And the main focus is financial need. Mm -hmm. So 
for our entrance bursary application, which you'll have access to through Carleton Central, which is a portal you'll have access to once you have an offer of admission. You can go ahead and submit an entrance bursary application through there. You'll notice the questions generally ask some basic financial things. Are you planning on applying for student financial assistance through the government? What are your general financial uh, situation like? Just things of that nature to get a, a general understanding of your financial need. And then we offer uh, bursaries up front in first year to kind of help you with the transition into your first year of studies here. It's good. It's good to be able to have that honest conversation. And again, that recognition that, you know, there are challenges when it comes to affordability and, and a bursary can really help to bridge some of the gaps. Like it doesn't fill the whole thing, but it definitely helps to bridge some of it. And and similar to scholarships, there are subsets. And I know there are lists of, of leadership bursaries. Is it is that application process similar to the prestige scholarship? And if so, are there any key differences that, that still stand out? It is very similar to the prestige application. Um, we are looking for leadership. So these bursaries, again, are going to be higher in value like the prestige. Um, they are going to require an application like the prestige. However, you do not need that 90% admissions average in order to qualify for these bursaries. This is based on financial need and leadership. So if you're a mover and shaker, but also a baller on a budget, these would be yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good combination being a mover and shaker, but also a baller on the budget. And if you ball on the budget, you're, you're a smart, smart baller. You know, you've probably been listening to Spenny at uh, all the advice that he's been giving during Financial Literacy Month. We have a lot of listeners, we have a lot of great listeners, and some of them are listening from outside of Ontario. And and I, I want us to talk, talk a bit about international opportunities uh, in, a, in a little bit, but I, I do want to focus in on our Ontario listeners for a little bit now because one of the big things that comes up every time we talk to students in Ontario is OSAP. Yes. So, and I still struggle with the OSAP conversation. So for for some of us who aren't in the know, can you simplify it for us? Tell us what OSAP first stands for, what it is, and what's the best way for a student to not only complete the application, but almost pair it with their university applications too? The Ontario Student Assistance Program, better known as OSAP, is a government-run student loans slash student grants application. So essentially, if you are applying for universities through your OUAC account, you can then link your OUAC account to an OSAP account. Don't you love all these acronyms? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so by doing that, you've essentially created an account on the OSAP website. You've set up your profile. And when the OSAP application time comes around, you'll have a set of pre-started OSAP applications with your schools and the programs that you've applied for through the OUAC all listed there. You can select the one that you're going to, the program that you're going to be accepting, and you can finish your application from there with your financial info. If you haven't done that, not a huge deal. 
You can create an account and a profile on the OSAP website whenever you want. And then you can go ahead and submit an OSAP application when it becomes available. You'll just essentially be starting from the beginning, which would be indicating your school, your program, and then getting into your financial information. So it's not that much harder, but it does save a little bit of time when things are already busy in the spring and you know offers are coming out and decisions are being made. It's nice to have a little bit of that pre-started for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the grant portion, what does that mean when you say loans uh, and grants? You know, what's, uh, how do you differentiate between the two? And is there a benefit for students who may not need the loan to still submit an application through OSAP? Yes. So grants are like bursaries in that it's money based on financial need that you do not have to pay back. So the government makes an assessment and based on your eligibility may offer you funding that you do not have to pay back. And then they will assess you for loan funding, which you will have to pay back once you stop being a full-time student or once you graduate. So grants G for government. It's just money from the government that you don't have to worry about paying back. If you apply for OSAP, you are not obligated to take the loan. You can apply, check out your assessment and go, hey, I can live off of just that grant funding and accept just the grant funding and not have to worry about a loan after the fact of paying anything back because that money is yours. So it's always a benefit to apply for OSAP, you don't know what you're eligible for until you apply and get assessed. And there's no obligation in accepting any of the funding. You can make that determination for yourself once you've created a budget and a plan. But the best advice would be to give yourself the option to make that decision by applying early and giving yourself time to make plans. There's a trend here where you're constantly expressing to people to utilize time efficiently, right? So, you know, when it came to the prestige scholarship, the idea of maybe rushing to get it in early isn't as beneficial as it is to take your time, get it done properly, get it in before the March 1st deadline. Conversely, when it comes to OSAP, you know, it's better to almost utilize that early portion when there is less of a of a burden against deadlines because, you know, in the spring, you're going to be, like you said, making decisions, hearing from from schools, having to kind of ensure that all your ducks are lined up. You know, if you can almost get a, a jump start in that process by applying earlier, it'll facilitate your process and also make things easier from our perspective, or at least the government perspective in assessing and keeping you in the loop. So it's almost like how you manage time, which is a great practice for what happens in university, uh, can help you really paint a better financial picture. Yeah, Um, that's definitely the myth to be busted too. I know um, based on, you know, when you hear from friends or from, you know, advice you get outside of post-secondary admins, there can be pressure put on you in certain circumstances with time and then others where they say, don't worry about it when you should be. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, I would say the main thing in managing your time is taking time where you need to put in quality of responses, like your prestige application, like your leadership bursaries, and then, you know, doing things early when you need to make 
a decision. So something like OSAP, you want to get an early, you want to get a result early to make decisions early. So it's just balancing that out. And that will relieve so much stress when it comes to deciding what's best for you. Okay, that's great. That's really good advice. And, and we've been again, talking from an Ontario lens, if we take a bit of a wider scope and look at Canada as a whole, are, are there similar uh, programs available for out-of-province students that may require financial assistance? Or are there any out-of-province loans or support by their provincial governments that they can tap into? Yes. So just because Carleton is in Ontario does not mean that if you are coming from Alberta, you have to apply for Ontario financial assistance. Alberta will be taking care of your studies while you're here at Carleton. And that works for anybody who's coming from out of province attending Carleton. So you'd be applying for financial assistance through your home province. We have a wonderful out of province administrator here in our office. Her name is Lynn. Shout out, Lynn. Shout out, shout out. (laughs) And uh, she can help you through the process, but it's essentially the same thing that Ontario students have to do. You're applying, you're submitting any documentation that you need to submit to complete your application. You're getting an assessment. You're making decisions and budgeting off of that entitlement. And then if we go even wider and we think about the international community, how different is the financial support for students who are coming from different parts of the world? And and are there resources that they can tap into as well? It would be best to look through your home government. So, for example, U.S. students have access to U.S. loan through FAFSA. So if you're coming from another country, check with your home government, see if there's any student financial assistance programs for you coming to a university in Canada. Um, You will have access to scholarships if you are an international high school student. There are scholarships available with the same value grid as any other student. There are less funding options in terms of bursaries. There are limitations that we are unfortunately are stuck with. And so, um, but those things open up in your second year and third year, and we're able to offer support once you're at Carleton, but there are still other resources available and you're still eligible to apply for prestige. So, you know, don't hold back on that. Mm -hmm. Cool. This is really, really good, really helpful. And, and I I think that students will certainly benefit from this conversation. Uh, Do you have any other bits of advice or any myth busters you want to, to add on before we let you go? I would say take your time and prioritize. Like time is a very tough thing. I know when I was a high school student, you have guidance counselors telling you one thing. um, You have your friends telling you another. Pace it out and give yourself time because that helps you make decisions. You don't want to be in crunch time. You don't want to go, who's going to pay for my education when it comes to September? You want to arrive in September. You want to have fun. You want to meet friends. You want to meet your profs. You want to go to class and enjoy it. And you do not want to be thinking about how you're going to pay for tuition. So contact us. We always want to answer questions. We want to help you out and let us help you manage your time. Help, let us help you coach you on your time so that, you know, everything is smooth sailing in September. 
Well, you know, and again, if you, if you ever need to know what you need to do, just re-listen to this, this episode because, uh, Alana, you dropped a lot of really great gems on this episode, and I really appreciate your time. And uh, and really thank you for, for being a key member of our team for as long as I've been here. Um, <laughs> so thanks again. And uh, we'll be back with more of the Talking Raven. Thank you so much, Alana, for joining us on the podcast. It was so much fun talking about money with you. And the students who are listening to this, please make sure you visit our website. As a matter of fact, I'll post a link to our awards website in our episode notes so you can apply to those scholarships, apply to those bursaries, and learn more about the ways that we can help finance your education conversations or what we do here on the podcast. We're going to have another really great one next week. If you want to join a conversation, one of the cool ways of doing that is giving us a follow on at Carlton underscore future. We're on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter slash X. A lot of great content there. A lot of great ways for us to have a audio, a visual, a verbal, a nonverbal conversation through the power of storytelling. So hopefully you check out our social media accounts and hopefully you continue to tune into our podcast. Until next time, this has been a Talkie Raven podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. And remember, you have a lot of greatness inside of you. So don't be afraid to unleash your inner awesome. Take care, y'all. <laughs>